Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano or when you want a big two-toned cookie or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Blog Talk Radio. before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I'm going to play coming down from the gallows and I don't have very Curtain. I'm here alongside my fantastic co-host, the host of Hot Takes with Ham podcast, Mr. Brian Hamlin. We are bringing you everything that you need to know about this week's game against the Cleveland Browns from our boys in black and gold, and maybe even a little talk of next week's game against the Minnesota Vikings. We're here to break it down for you. For those who are not familiar with the show, we're going to be presenting you with some bold statements, and Brian and I are either going to be judging them as fact or fiction, fact being true, fiction false, obviously, for those of you playing at home. Um, It's sure to be a good one, but Brian, I I want to hear really quickly just 30 seconds of overall thought of you about this game. Obviously, this was a game that most Steeler fans expected to walk away with the win with. Um, NFL survivor pools, about 40% of the NFL.com community picked the Pittsburgh Steelers, and guess what? Those 40%, they're moving on. And that is a fact, Zach Parnes. I will tell you, Parnes, that this week from the Pittsburgh Steelers, I am happy with the three-point victory. First week of the season, you got the jitters, you got the rookies, you got all kinds of things up there, uh, all kinds of variables. But I think, um, I think I'm happy with this victory. The defense looked great in the first half. For the first eight minutes of the game, it was the game that we thought it was going to be. Uh, we thought that Kaiser was going to have a tough time. Kaiser was going to have a tough time out there, and he did uh, from the get-go. He didn't. He didn't turn the ball over till uh, till late in the second half. 
But um, overall, I'm pretty happy with this victory. Big Ben, man, Le'Veon Bell, they got to get on. They got to get on the same page. Yeah, and you know, I, I think we were talking a little bit about that here before the start of the show. Obviously, uh, you know, it, it really wasn't Ben and Le'Veon shining together. In fact, it was the defense. In fact, on the very first drive of the game, Anthony Ciccolo ends up blocking a punt. Um, or I'm sorry, he recovered the punt in the yeah. end zone. Tyler Matikavich, the Boston College boy, was the man yeah. who did it. Uh, so, yeah, so defense obviously showing up as usual. Now, I have to say my original impression doesn't even have to do with the Steelers. It had to do with Deshaun Kaiser. We had talked about how the Steelers love to eat up rookie quarterbacks last year. This guy fared okay. It wasn't too bad for Deshaun Kaiser, the Notre Dame kid. And honestly, I think that that is a testament to him more so than the Steelers' defense. I think that we're going to see some bright stuff out of him, um, hopefully not against Pittsburgh, though, I have to say. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, now is a good time to remind you of our sponsor for today's show. The show is sponsored by Frank Walker Law, the top criminal defense firm to call in Western Pennsylvania and West Virginia. He's ho- it's home to one of the nation's top 100-ranked trial attorneys in Frank Walker. For his Pennsylvania office, call 412-212-3878. Or to reach his West Virginia office, call 304-712-2089. You should also check out his website, frankwalker.com, to see how he can tell you in your time of need. Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results. And if you guys want to join us here today, we are, of course, behind the steel curtain. Number to call in is 425-292-4444. We'll be taking calls until the end of the hour. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Hey, sports fans. Football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Um, so just to let you guys um, know what direction we're going to be going, we're going to do a little bit of Cleveland, a little bit of Minnesota here. So might as well get us started off kicking with Cleveland. And, Brian, you made a statement about it earlier, but I think it's significant that we bring it back up again. Factor fiction, Brian Hamlin, 
The Steelers should be upset with an only three-point victory against one of the worst teams in football, the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to go with fiction on this, Parnsey. Um, I think you might disagree with me here. But like I said, first game every year in the NFL, I mean, you said it yourself with the survivor pool stat. Um, a lot of people took an L this week that weren't really supposed to lose. I mean, you saw the Colts had a tough time. Uh, you saw uh, – you saw – wait, I already said the Colts. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, even from, the, even from the kickoff game, even from uh, the Pats, dropping one to the Chiefs. Uh, a lot of people didn't see that a lot of people didn't see that coming. That line was at minus nine for a while. Uh, the Chiefs get nine points there. But I'm pretty happy with this game from the Steelers. Antonio Brown is dominant. Uh, Big Ben as much as he needs to he needs to, he's always tough out of the gates, I think. I think Big Ben traditionally is a bad starter. He's he's bad in the first half, in the first in the first quarter. And sometimes they score in the first drive, but for the most part I think Ben is slow out of the gates. And I think that's true for the, for the length of the season as well as in the microcosm of one game. But um, that being said, I'll take a three-point win. I know they didn't cover. I know that people were, were probably shaking in their boots with uh, second and 12 with 245 left. But, hey, Big Ben dropping back like it's backyard football, dropping a diamond to Antonio Brown. I'm happy with three points. I don't know about you. So I'm going to have to disagree. I think that this is a team that a lot of people put in the bottom five of NFL squads right now, and they think about it, obviously. The perennially. Yeah. yeah, yeah. well, perennially, but also this season, obviously, you know, I mean, and I don't think they're the worst. I think the Jets and the Bears have them beat by and the worst. Ben owns them. Big yeah. Ben owns them. So they should win this game by, by two touchdowns. Yes, and you know that, I mean, as of last night, Ben has surpassed Derek Anderson for the winningest quarterback in Cleveland for the, new, for the new Browns. You know, let's not talk about Bernie Kozar and the old Browns. I mean, we're, we're talking about the new guys fresh in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, you were talking about a lot of boots being ruffled. The Detroit Lions are another team that comes to uh, mind here as they beat the Arizona Cardinals. David Johnson's gone for the whole – for probably half the season for Arizona, which is tough. Uh, but the Lions posting 20 points in the fourth. I think Pittsburgh should have had a quarter like that. They should have had a quarter where they were absolutely annihilating, annihilating the Cleveland Browns, and it wasn't happening. But I think that, you know, this team needs to be a little bit frightened about how slow the offense was. Martavis Bryant was not effective. Um, Le'Veon Bell, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, slow. Um, you know, and, and Ben Roethlisberger, like you said, starting to drive off, you know, he, he threw consistently, but it wasn't anything that was really, you know, of interest. Other than those two touchdowns to Jesse James – and that one ball that you mentioned of him throwing to Antonio Brown, I mean, there's, you know, it's funny because we look at the numbers and it's like, okay, Brown had 11 catches for 182 yards. That ball was a jump ball too. Like, I mean, I'm just, that's a gutsy throw. Sure. He loves throwing it over the middle. Oh, I absolutely. Think that, I think that, like, as he gets older, that might be what's tough for him. But I was saying this, that, that throw we had to Jesse James, actually, I was saying this before the show, but the, uh, the throw we had to Jesse James on third and 10, I think it was in the first half. He threads the he threads the needle and he made the mustard throw that you really that you want to see out of Ben. But the pick he threw in the second half to Martavis Bryant deep over the middle, uh, ball got deflected at the goal line. Um, I think twenty six and White picked it off. But uh, all I know is that Big Ben is a little behind him, and there was another ball that Antonio Brown caught earlier on in the game that also over the middle got deflected. Brown made the catch, but um, his velocity could be a bit of a question. Could be a bit of a question as he gets older. Yeah, yeah and you know it's funny. I'm I'm looking at the box score here with you right now, and it's like you know you look at these numbers, and it's like how, like what what sort of you know privileged fan are we to get upset about seeing 11 catches for 182 yards out of Antonio Brown 
uh, you know, Ben only throwing one interception, which was a bobbled ball. He's still 24 for 36, even at his, his ripe old age right now. You know, Le'Veon Bell is the only number on there that really does not look that appealing, um, you know, out of, uh, from a starting perspective. And I think we're going to get to that here in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, without further ado, I want to talk about someone on the other side of the ball, someone you're not going to see on the offensive box score. You're going to see this man on the defensive box score. Oh, my Lord. Those are the words that a lot of people are saying when they hear the name T.J. Watt this morning. And I will say I'm feeling pretty similar. Brian, fact or fiction, T.J. Watt's game yesterday was too good to be true. He will not be that dominant this season. I'm going to go with fiction on this one as well. And I know that people out there are whatever on rookies. I know that myself in the past have been a little bit uh, a little bit skeptical of TJ, or not so much skeptical, but, you know, apprehensive about rookies in the Steelers' defense. Um, that, that being said, he looked fast. And that and he looked athletic. He's getting after the quarterback. That interception he had in the, uh, in the late third quarter was awesome was awesome. I mean, he probably he, – he jumped like 30 feet in the air to catch that ball. Uh, not, not actually. That's hyperbole. Um, <laughs> all, all I'm saying is that uh, I really think that T.J. Watt's speed transition to the NFL, which is oftentimes what people really struggle with, um, at least on – I know definitely on the offensive side of the ball, but it, in terms of, uh, like I said, getting after the quarterback, speed – doesn't always translate, and I think for someone like T.J. Watt, who I think, um, or who we said was going to compete with James Harrison in pressuring the quarterback, uh, as James Harrison gets older and his speed diminishes, T.J. Watt comes in and he can run, and I really think he's going to be he's going to be dominant for them. I'm big on the fiction here, and it's not just from years of watching his brother J.J. dominate. I think he just dominated. Period. The dude led the team in tackles. He led the team in sacks, and he had arguably the most athletic interception. He generated the only, ta- the only takeaway. Yeah, the only takeaway, and it was a beautiful leap from him. I mean, for me, it, you were very hung up for a long time on that throw that Ben had, which I'm not going to disagree with you. That's a very impressive throw. That being said, I think that interception is the play of the game, without a doubt. I, yeah. I think it is simply because – If it's not the block pun. If it's not the block pun. Yeah, well, I, I simply think that because, God, like – for a first year to come out and read, like, you know, to play zone, so efficient. Like, he's guarding nobody. He's in an open field there. And then he sees the ball release, drops back, and he, that's the only takeaway of the game. And that's the only mistake that Kaiser really makes all game of serious value. And guess what? It was somebody else making a play. It was somebody else making a play. 95% of the league probably didn't catch that ball. No, 100%. He's not playing his position. Not a, yeah. not a linebacker, not at the end. Absolutely not. Absolutely and this not. is what we saw out of him. I'm, yo, I'm looking forward to really good things out of him. Um, I like the unselfishness that he portrays on the defensive side of the ball as well. Um, you know, he's very, you know, letting other guys make their plays and, and get their abilities, which is something that is very, very important. So, yeah, I think the best is yet to come. For T.J. Watt, it's going to be cool to see what he's got down the line. Um, you know, a handful of Steelers rookies were involved. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, he was returning kicks for a little while. Um, obviously didn't get much out of that. Um, but there is one rookie, or someone on the wide receiver side of the ball, I should say, alongside of him, that really didn't live up to the hype. And that was Martavis Bryant, who had himself a, a pretty shallow day yesterday, uh, not very impressive. Now, a lot of people could say, okay, well, he was strapped up pretty well. There was a lot of good coverage on him. 
the bottom line is the guy caught two balls. And for someone who wants to legitimize himself as the clear number two threat here, you can't be catching the same number of balls as Eli Rogers, who also caught two. Um, so, Brian, Martavis Bryant isn't exactly what we thought he could be, fact or fiction. Um, I'm unfortunately going to have to say fact. I'm big on Martavis Bryant. It's like this is the this is the too early call, you know. Like this is the after the first game, like like we were talking about. Um, but I really like Martavis Bryant coming into this year because I think that a year off as a skill position player, um, especially someone of his size and caliber, and someone who can really score in the red zone. Uh, I in his speed, he wants like a four two eight. Um, I think that I was really high on Martavis Bryant coming into this year. And I think it was clear he wasn't on the same page as Ben. Um, I think that Ben, every year, you kind of all of his receivers have to develop some kind of uh, uh, a feel for his nuance, you know, because a lot of his game is after the three seconds, you know, out of the pocket or extending the play. Um, so maybe you know, Martavis not being in a game situation with Ben since what that playoff game in Denver. Uh, I really think that. Uh, I was, I for, you know, I think it makes sense that he didn't, he didn't look that great in the in the uh, in the premiere, but I could see him putting together a pretty solid season. You know, I I just think he's too physically gifted to not. So I'm gonna have to go with back to the question for today, but I, I have high hopes for him this year. Yeah, and you know, I agree with the whole too physically gifted to to produce bad results. I mean, even when this guy seems to, you know, lose his head a little bit, you know, when he's not smoking weed. Yeah. Um, you know, he he seems to carry himself even when he loses a step on the football field. Um, and that's something that I think is intriguing. I think this is just a dud game out of him. I'm going to go with uh, fiction on this one, but I expect better things down the line, and if I don't see a better performance in Minnesota, that's when I'm going to start to get worried, um, without a doubt. Uh, so before we go on to our next question here, uh, we do have a little message from one of our sponsors, but I want to talk about something that, that we don't have a question for, Brian, but I think it's really important to talk about, and that's Stefan Tweet. Um, is going to be out for Lord knows how long. I mean, there's not a whole lot of talk about what the the gener- or the severity of his injury is, but we understand that there's something to do with torn bicep. Um, that's just never good. First off, you never want to hear the word tear. And in the case of a lineman, you don't want to see the guy that you signed a five-year, $60 million going down with a big-time injury. Um so, yeah, I, I'm interested to see what this news uh, prepares us to be. It, it seems like it's pretty indecisive right now. I mean, I've been going to Twitter all day today trying to figure out exactly what the, uh, you know, duration of his injury is going to be here. Um, it, it seems like he's going to be playing again soon, but it is actually, but some people, you know, seem to think that it's season-ending. Brian, how much would this be a hit to the Steelers' defensive line, considering, you know, especially since this guy just got paid? Um, I think that it, it would be a huge hit, but what's it? I think, I think it's either a torn or it's, it, it, it is like you said, a bicep injury. He's been listed as week to week. Um, you could see him being out for problem. I mean, you, you see defensive linemen all the time go out with this injury. It's, it's not great. It, it hasn't season ending for some people. Sometimes people, sometimes guys need surgery. Um, I think though that Stefan to is a big part of that defense. I think that you see Cameron Hayward and Stefan to coming into their own. In their own kind of, um, in their own brand of an Aaron Smith, Casey Hampton, uh, and they're you know they're kind of they're kind of the men in the trenches, 
I think they're both big leaders on that defense. Stefan Tua was a steal for the Steelers uh, a couple years ago in that draft. I think it was a second round pick. Yeah. Either way, he was. He's. I really like him, and I think that uh, they're both huge in stopping the run. They they probably have the plugs uh, to get the job done for a little while, but two, it's an impact player at that position, and that's hard to come by. So um, that would be tough, but I, I think he'll be back sooner than later. And, you know, it, this for me, like, now that the consensus has been week to week, or, or so we believe, I mean, like I said, there's been so much confusion with this. The, the thing is, this opens up an opportunity for a new guy for me a guy who was drafted with the 10th pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars, who's now a backup on this defensive line, and that's Tyson Alawalu. I think that that guy has the ability to play a couple of weeks here and really see what he's made of. For me, it's almost like a Jarvis Jones scenario because Jarvis Jones came in and it was like, okay, he's underproducing. We're going to put him on the bench. We're going to put him behind Shazier. Well, it's like when Shazier doesn't play, does he come into his own or doesn't he? Because that's how you know if a guy can play, is if he spends a lot of time on the sidelines, he gets to watch, and then he goes in with fresh legs for four, five, six plays. Can he play? And I think he can. I hope I can see it out of him. We got a couple tackles last game. Certainly going to be interesting to see. But now, ladies and gentlemen, we want to throw it to a word from our sponsor, Senor Frank Walker. Smart or stupid? Those strobing lights in your rear view, that flashlight shining in your face. License, registration, and insurance, please. The little adventure you're about to have with this guy? Uh, I'll need you to step out of the vehicle, please. Okay, so you've done something stupid. Fix it with a smart move. For DUI or criminal defense, call Frank Walker of frankwalkerlaw.com. He knows his way around a courtroom. 412-532-6805. 412-532-6805 or frankwalkerlaw.com. Oh, Frank Walker, you know your way around a courtroom. He's the top criminal defense firm to call in Western PA and West Virginia. Give him a call or visit his website, www.frankwalkerlaw.com. Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results. So, Brian, Cleveland is in the past. It's over. It's done. And we have a tally in the win column. So now you've got to look ahead a little bit. And next up is the beautiful, beautiful northern cold city, of Minneapolis, Minnesota, for the Vikings. The Vikings have a little bit of an interesting lineup. You go to their depth chart, there's not a whole lot that really catches the eye. Eh, St. Bradford, eh, whatever. Stefan Diggs. That is the guy in my mind, and that's why I need to ask you this. Brian, fact or fiction, Stefan Diggs is the biggest threat to the Steelers next week in Minnesota. I'm going to go with fiction just to be a jag-off here, wow. just to be a jerk, um, yeah. just a bit, just like to talk about something else. You know, that's okay. Um, so I like Stephon Diggs a lot. He's actually, like, he's really quick. Um, I think he plays mostly slot, right? Yes, correct. Um, and the Steelers do struggle with receivers in the slot. Like, guys like with, guys like with the likes of Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, uh, have, like, always – like dismantled the Steelers. No, no, both Patriots, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. I don't like talking about that. Yeah, anyway, um, but I'm gonna say that Kyle Rudolph is gonna be the the trouble for the Steelers this week. I think that the Steelers uh, uh, have a have a hard time defending tight ends, um, and I just I, I like I said I'm doing it just to be a jerk, but I'm going with fiction not only because I I think Kyle Rudolph is. Uh, low-key and X-factor for the Vikings. I think he's, he's been there for a while. Uh, he and Sam Bradford have, have a pretty solid connection, I think. Um, 
and this is kind of just based off of fantasy numbers in the past. I just, you know, I know much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going to go with fiction. Uh, Stefan Diggs, I think he's great, but I, I, I think that Kyle Rudolph is going to be the guy this week for them if they pull off the win. And, you know, it, it's interesting to me because, you know, Stefan Diggs has been electrifying. I mean, last year, you know, 900 yards and a three touchdown catches. Um, you know, this is a possession receiver that we're clearly looking at, and, and he does fit that slot scenario like you were saying. I go fact simply because I think this guy is due for a monster year. I think he's going to turn into one of the premier wide receivers uh, in the league. You know, it's interesting because it wasn't too long ago that I was considerably younger. He's from College Park. Well, this is where I'm we're going with Maryland. this. This is where yeah. I'm going with yeah. this is the fact that he played against my high school way back when. So give or take five, yeah, 180 yards, three touchdowns. Like the guy just sort of is, is, and I don't want to assume high school sports with pro because obviously how nuanced would that be? Like it's like two completely different leagues. But my biggest thing is that this guy just has the ability to run unbelievable routes that put corners on their heels. And I think, I think if Bradford is half smart enough, this will translate for him. And he's going to end up seeing some really, really solid results out of his number one guy. I don't disagree. Steelers have a tough time covering tight ends, especially good ones like, like Kyle Rudolph, Rob Gronkowski, whatever. I really think, though, that, that Diggs is not, going not to be – Not to put them in the same league. No, 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 not at all, not at all, yeah. I think Diggs is due for a 1,000-yard season this year. I think he was knocking on the door last year. I think he's going to get 1,000 yards and five touchdowns minimum. He's going to be looked at as one of the premier wide receivers in the NFC after this season. Um, it's just got to work with Bradford. It's just got to work with Sam, and uh, that's the big question here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm interested also because Stefan Diggs, for me, you know, he, he's got this very sort of remnants of guys like – I'm trying to put it in the best way that I can, but almost like sort of the way that the Steelers have played over the years. I mean, I can – I don't want to make this comparison too lightly because obviously they're two totally different sized guys. But I almost think of him as like a Plexico type where he just burns you in the open field. And, and that's what scares me, especially against a weak secondary that Pittsburgh has. I mean, that's the, the one snafu of the team right now. Stefan Diggs? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, but I'm saying obviously Stefan Diggs is like, what, 5'8", and Plexico is 6'3". Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but I'm saying like, you know, this is, this is your street guy. Deshaun Jackson, better example. Dude right. who just burns the hell out of it and can, and can, and can run a route. I drew a blank there. You got. I'm excited it. to see Deshaun Jackson play with Jameis Winston. I think that Tampa Bay is going to be good. Yeah, Tampa for me has a lot of potential. Then again, any team that ends up on hard knocks typically doesn't have any potential. That yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I I think that's generally because they they I think they get teams who have bad front offices, bad front offices. Like I I watch that show and you see guys discussing contracts and you see like the way that management deals with, with cutting their draft picks and, thing, and things of that nature. And I think it's relative – wow, this is a knock on hard knocks, but I think that it's relatively personal, and I think that I wouldn't want that in my, in my, uh, in my office space, if you will. Like in my, in my business, I would not want the people there essentially like creating – they are creating a reality TV, TV show, but like the, I think the dramification – or yeah, of um, of the prof- of of the professional world of sports is kind of greasy, and I know for a fact that the Rooneys will never do. That. Well, I was just about to ask you that if you had a 
you know, they get asked every year. They get asked every year. And there's zero. The, both those guys have to drop. They get asked every year. They always say no. Both like, those guys have to drop dead for the answer to even remotely be close to yes. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. The, I mean, the, like Steelers, Steelers ownership would have to shift like, like eighty five, like shares to the left, or you know, if you will, like like 100%. the, the Rudys would have to would have to essentially like sell their soul, you know, or something like that. I I think that um, I yeah, I just don't think that there's any way that the Steelers, who are a, a, who I in my in our opinion, our humble opinion, have a great front office, and I think that if you're I, there's no way the New England Patriots have. Would want hard knocks. There's no. there's no way the uh, uh, there's no way that well uh, uh, well I'm str- I'm struggling to come up with other great front office. What about the Seahawks? I think the Seahawks would have maybe or the Packers. I bet. What do you think no. the Packers would have hard knocks? No, no chance. You know the one team that I'm surprised because their front office is absolutely deplorable Oakland. is, is well, well Oakland, but the Colts. That was, about, I was the, Colts, say that. the Colts are the worst run team in the National Football League, without a doubt. Like they had just not built on anything over years and years and years of having. They had like know, one player. They had one player. His name was Peyton Manning. They had a great guy to go with him. His name was Marvin Harrison, and then it all fell apart. A little bit of Reggie. A little bit of Reggie. Yeah, Wayne. little Reggie Wayne. A little Reggie Wayne on the side. And then everyone glorified Dwight Freeney for no reason, and Bob Sanders for no reason. But like I see Bob. People like put Bob Sanders on. You know, like upcoming Hall of Fame lists. And That's like, unbelievable to me. I'm like, why? That shocks me. Why? Like he did. He played. He I, he probably played 16 games, three times. It's unbelievable. Um. Drink run. Here we go. McCafe coffees, shakes, and drinks. Ain't no thing. You the man. Yeah, that's what they're going to say. Oh, Kevin, thank you so much. We love you. That's right. You the champ. The drink run champ. Welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you? Own the drink run, Kevin. Own it. Now get a small smoothie, shake, or frappe for $2 on McDonald's one two three dollar menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hard knocks. I just uh, – didn't the Bengals have hard knocks? They did. They suck. Terrible, terrible front office. The Texans did. They suck. They suck. Terrible front office. I don't know about terrible front office, but they definitely suck. They're not any good. They're not any good. Oh, they, they just, just got demolished by a rookie have running back. Ja- Leonard ja- Fournette the- just ran for 100 yards. <laughs> Lenny Fournette. He's a story. He's the weird. Dude, how does someone – have you, ever, have you ever heard, heard a rookie in all your time walk into training camp and say the NFL is easy? <laughs> and then run for 100 yards in the first game. And and it's imagine game. being the defense. Like the on defense J.J. He Watt. That too. On J.J. Watt. Yeah. And a pretty decent defense in Houston. Brian Cushing. The whole nine yards. Like, they got a good squad down there. going to have a hit put out on them or something yeah, like that. Yeah, no, they're going to try to That looks terrible. Yeah. He also is a pretty ugly-looking dude, so that doesn't help things. Would you sit out on your college bowl game? I really think that based on my – like, the Ooh. way that I was raised – the way that my father, doc, whatever, the way that my dad, who you know I like a lot, brought me up, like, I think that there was no way that, like, if I had my last, my last ride with my homies, that, like, with my, like, with my college friends that, like, I went through it with, like, I would play in the ballgame. Like, if I was going to leave, 
to go to the NFL. I think I would play in the bowl game. I, I don't want to hear the whole you could get hurt. Like, if you have that mentality, like, you're not going to play in preseason, you might sit out week 16 every year. Oh, I could get hurt. You know, we don't need this one. I don't like that. I think you play. I, I think you play. You think, don't play scared. You know what I mean? I think it's a conversation that we could go on for about an hour for, but, oh, for, I think, sure, for sure. but I think it's a take the money and run sort of scenario. Whereas it's like, okay, do you really want to play one game where, you know, in the day of where we're talking about CTE, I mean, think about, I mean, for God's sake, David Johnson just went down for half the season, like we were talking about earlier. He's gone now. You see offensive linemen take a game off? No. Hey, man, those guys are the guys that struggle with it. And they're all, they always play. Those are staples. The one guy who I think about when I think of that is Nate Solder because he played yeah. 16 mm-hmm. games on a torn ACL three seasons ago. Like, that's ridiculous. They're the, they're the, they're the real tough guys. And I think, I mean, like, I mean, you just said we could go on forever about, um, about bowl, college bowl games and sitting out games. I, mean, I, we, I could go on forever about how I think offensive linemen are, like, by far the most undervalued player in the NFL. Like, sure. Like, nobody ever – they get no FaceTime, sure. you know. Um, but they're the Bulldogs. Those are the guys, you know. Yeah. And you know, and they take the blunt of it, like you were saying with the CTE. I mean, we watched they're something. Head to head every play. Yeah, well, we watched. We watched something the other day, you and I, on Vice about the story of Eugene Monroe and how he's advocating for you know the use of medical cannabinoids, which we could talk about for days also. But the thing that shocked me about the whole thing was Brian Schaefering, a guy who played for the Cleveland Browns, a man who played against the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, a handful of occasions, more than you can count on one hand. You know, literally is a different person. Like has, you know panic attacks and, and will, you know, stutter when he speaks and other things like this. And it's all from playing football. It's hard. It's an ethics conversation. It's, it's something that is, you know, absolutely unbelievable to me. Um, and like you said, we could go on for days about it. Um, our last one here on Factor Fiction, and, and we're not going to jump back to football here, interestingly enough, or maybe we will bring up football. I don't know. Yeah, we'll get but, but, but I want to ask you really quick, because this is a concept that's, that's triggering a lot of America right now, especially um, – I don't want to say this in any sort of tone that is disrespectful, but, um, you know, 9-11 today, obviously a, a very serious day in the eyes of Americans. It also gets a lot of Americans to reflect about terrorism, the act just in general. Um, and a lot of people tend to link terrorism to, you know, a, a lot of people who, who may be coming out of the Middle East in difficult situations. Now, whether or not you want to believe that's true or not, that is a viewpoint held by a lot. Um, so I want to ask, you know, there's something that Minneapolis has gotten a big rep for, and it's for being a sanctuary city for refugees. Um, and, you know, there have been a lot of cities in Europe that have become sanctuary cities for refugees that have witnessed attacks. Now, obviously, knock on wood, because I would never wish this upon, you know, some good people in Minnesota. Um, but, you know, there has not been an instance of a terrorist attack there. But I want to ask you, Hamlin, because it's an interesting question. It's a good ethical one, and I think it will get a lot of people involved here. Uh, should Pittsburgh be a sanctuary city, fact or fiction, the same way that Minneapolis is? I'm going to go with fact. Um, being a native Pittsburgher, being a self-proclaimed Yinzer, I will tell you that I think I have a relatively solid grasp on what the, what the political climate, what the social climate is like in Pittsburgh. And I firmly believe that regardless of, um, I'll say, Pittsburgh definitely has a bit of a of a Catholic conservative root. Very much so. Um, but by the same token, uh, Pittsburgh's collar reputation, blue collar past. Um, I think even your older folks in the burg, such as like the likes of my grandfather, uh, I think that like he and his friends 
they have friends from all different kinds of backgrounds, and it's all about it's all about the American dream. They're they're true blue collar Democrats, and it for them it's more so um, it's it's not really like where you come from. It's who you are, I think, and I think that's how Pittsburgh is, and I think that uh, I think that Pittsburgh has become more progressive over the past decade or so. Oh, very much so. And um, I think that uh, it would make a lot of sense for them to be to be a sanctuary city. I don't know if they'll make that move. I don't know if they have the space. And I think that would be what a lot of the what what a lot of the uh, where a lot of um, friction could potentially uh, come into uh, you know spark up because I think that Pittsburgh is relatively. It's what people talk about all the, all the time. The roads are too big. I mean, so the roads are too small for the town already. Yeah. Uh, it's bursting at the seams practically, but uh, I would like to see them do it, even if it was just for you know, um, just to say, uh, you know, like like they're open for it. Yeah. So yes. So I'm gonna say fiction, not based on my own beliefs, but on something that you said very early in your argument. Uh, Pittsburgh is a very heavy, not Catholic, but conservative. I think you're gonna see a lot of people on you know both sides of the aisle, but especially your your older conservative folk who unlike your grandfather, may not be so tolerant to this. Well, here's the thing. Pittsburgh and Philadelphia are the only two cities, pretty much, in Pennsylvania that vote Democrat every uh, presidential election. Sure. Every presidential election. So, um, but I think you talk about those surrounding towns. I mean, come on, like, you know, Allison Park. Like, what are are we talking about in that sort of area? You think there's a lot of people who are very open to the idea of, you know, people moving in you know, potentially, you know, taking jobs as some would phrase it or, you know, just whatever, looking for work or, or just living in an area. Um, I think it freaks a lot of people out. I think this is an interesting topic because it's something that's a hot button issue, you know, especially for me as a, I'm a, I'm a Jewish man. It's, it's hard for me to, to really make an informed, correct decision on this because, you know, just 70, 80 years ago, the likes of Jews being turned down from Europe and sent back to the Holocaust was horrendous. What is the difference of, you know, Syrian refugees, people who are coming from affected, you know, ISIS affected areas of the Middle East who are coming to the United States? Um, it's difficult. And, and I think that I, I will end my point with this, and I, I want to hear from you again, but my biggest thing is that you will never – ever have the opportunity to save people that you turn down but you also have to keep your own people safe and that's where the divide comes in I think anyone could tell you the same because I think if we all knew that every every single person coming over was strictly refugee they'd have no issue there'd be no issue but because you have fractions very small fractions we're talking like one over a couple hundred thousand of those people being very dangerous and potentially causing massive harm scares yeah, the hell out of a lot I, of people. I, I just think that that's the kind of paranoia that perpetuates xenophobia, you know, like just to be really like to be fearful. I mean, Hey, let's quote some, let's quote some Star Wars here. Fear causes, uh, fear causes anger. Anger causes hate. Yeah. Hate leads to suffering. Uh, I think as much as you want to keep your, your people safe, right? Like, I think as a general rule of thumb, you should, you should, uh, I think you should expect the best out of people or like hope for the, like hope for the best out of people, um, and try to see the best in them. And I mean, the, the, uh, I think, I think I, I, you see statistics for terrorism all the time. 
the amount of people that are actually killed, like actually killed from like, well, even if it is domestically uh, from terrorism, it's like, it's, it, it's a minuscule number, even since like September 11th, it's not a lot of people. Um, this is not the Pittsburgh Steelers that we're talking about right now. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. I think that I, 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 I bet you Pittsburgh doesn't make that move. I know. I mean, I, I, I just, I, I saw it a little bit ago. They have already had petitions formed in Pittsburgh, like to make it a sanctuary city. It's been a move on the table for a little while. I think I just, um, I would like to see it happen. I'd be surprised to see it come to fruition, but I, one can be helpful. Yeah. Um, and you know, one of my things, you know, you like to quote star Wars there. Um, you know, I think that I'm not, going to look the quote route, but what I will say is that this is hard on both sides, um, and I don't think anyone knows the answer right now. Yeah. I think it's an interesting, it's a polarizing time in America, um, but through all that polarization, there's football. And there are the Pittsburgh Steelers. And there are the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's a religion on its own. Oh, yes. Could not agree even more. Um, I think that that's an important topic. We'd love to hear from you uh, in the comments section if you have something to say about that, because I think we could talk about that for days, like we were saying. Um, all right, let's let, back back to the NFL here. We've been getting political for a little while. Brian, this week, no fact or fiction here. I just want to know, Steelers Vikings, what do you see happening? Games at one o'clock. Yes, sir. One o'clock on the road. Are they in a dome? They're playing a dome, right? I believe so. Um, I said this preseason. I think they're losing this game. Mm. Um, I really, I think that's, I, I think the Steelers have, if they have played Sam Bradford, I think they've beaten him up. But for some reason, I, I, I got a bad feeling about this one. Um, I think they're going to start the season three and one, four and two, something like that. You know, uh, I think they're losing this game though. I think they're losing this one on the road. I don't know. I got a bad feeling about this. Well, they're at home. Does that change your opinion? Oh, they're in Pittsburgh? They're in Pittsburgh. Oh, Wow. Well, I'm full of it. Well, I, um, so this obviously changes your opinion. <laughs> this changes my opinion. I thought they were on the road. I definitely thought they were on the road. Like, I've been thinking they were on the road for like since like the beginning of August. They are not. That's an ill-informed, an, an ill-informed opinion. That's um, okay. Listen, everyone, it's Monday. Like sometimes you you forget, you know. Sometimes you forget if the team's on the road. We were Sometimes talking about to call into Syrian studio. refugees. Like, yeah, you know? yeah, we were we were trying to act cultured, and we just forgot. You know, I just forgot what the schedule was. Who they this. play next? Yeah. <laughs> they totally get lost. Like, forget your thesis statement, and you're just over here. You're just yeah. in the left field. Just write the second paragraph already. Like, that's, Screw it. It's just, eleven o'clock. It's <laughs> due at midnight. Like, you gotta you gotta do it. Like, send it well, in. Just yeah. send it in. Exactly. Um, well, here, I'll, I'll give you a little time. Give, me, pull- your, give me yours. All right, give so me I, you think. I, need I to, always go first. I hate that. <laughs> I need to formulate. You need to formulate here a little bit. Um, I, listen, I think this game is going to be closer than people think, and, and I think it worries me. Um, I'm afraid of digs. I'm afraid of the defensive line that Minnesota has. I think that their defensive line doesn't get enough credit. So I think this one's going to be close. I think it's going to be a higher-scoring affair. I say 28-24 Pittsburgh. Yeah. Barely edging them out. I think that Minnesota does the same thing Cleveland does, go on a little bit of a run in the fourth quarter, but the D holds them down at the end. But I think it's going to leave some people shaken. Never an easy day in the NFL. Never an easy Sunday. 
Never an easy Sunday. Unless you were the Baltimore Ravens who just literally swamped on the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm always okay with that. I don't Even know. though I, I'm not, I'm not, a, yeah, 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 I don't know. I really don't like the Bengals. Since Devontae's perfect had a couple years ago, I, I think I, for some reason I have like a harder time with them as like a fan. Not to talk about my fanhood because that's like, you know, borderline unjustifiable. Um, yeah, I mean, parody's rampant in the NFL these days, Parnsey. Uh, anybody can beat anybody any given Sunday. You saw, you saw Kajer this weekend, rookie quarterback, come out and give the Steelers a hard time. Um, I know that, like, when the Dick LeBeau days, that just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. That just didn't happen. And I don't know if that was across the NFL or if that was just in Pittsburgh or just at Heinz Field or what have you. But even if you look at Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston over the past couple of years, rookie quarterbacks, uh, you know, like the guys who are 22 – if they're the guy, they're the guy, and they, they, they tend to translate to the league. And I think that that, in, in part, those kinds of players going to the lesser teams in the NFL has promoted a lot of that parity that I was speaking on. Um, and I think that it just it's a lot of close games. It's what the NFL wants. They want scoring to be up. They want everybody to be able to score a lot of points. They want to protect the quarterback, and I think it promotes parity. And I think that you're going to see the Steelers at least have a close game with the Vikings. I, I just on a hunch, I'm going to say that I think they're going to lose 31-28. Um, I, I think that the Steelers tend to tend to keep tend to keep teams around when they shouldn't on that in that one o'clock slate. They could come out and totally stomp on them. I don't know. Just call it a hunch. I'm always giving the hot takes. Hot takes with Ham. I'm telling you, that's the move. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, all right. 31-28, Minnesota over Pittsburgh next week. Pines it back to you. All right, so. That being said, we both aired out our little grievances here. Um, I think it's going to be a cool week. This team's got a lot to prove. It was a better team than last week. And guess what? The teams are only going to get better from here on out. The next couple of weeks, they will. Uh, So I'm excited to see what we got to say. Thanks again to everyone for tuning in. Once again, the show is sponsored by FrankWalkerLaw.com. Feel free to go ahead and give him a look. We're going to be right back here next Monday, 5.30 p.m., Knuckleheads. That's the time we have established. We are going to be here talking all sorts of cool Pittsburgh Steelers stuff, uh, and we hope you'll join us without a doubt. So, for Brian Hamlin, I'm Zach Parnes. Thanks for listening to Factor Fiction. We'll see you here next week. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There's a time and a place for black and white. Like when you're learning to play piano. Or when you want a big two-toned cookie. Or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing. From banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10 Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. 
We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.